Welcome to This Is Calm and It's Doctor. I'm your host, Tanner. And I'm Monika, and this is a Criminal Minds podcast. So today we are talking about the second episode in season one. It's called Compulsion. Um, it stars the regular cast of Jason Gideon. Oh my gosh. His name's not Jason Gideon. His, <laughs> his name is Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're right. I was like, no, that's totally his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> um, Mandy Patinkin, Thomas Gibson, Lola Glaudini, Shamara Moore, Matthew Gray Goobler, AJ Cook, and Kirsten Bangs Ness. And this is the first time we see AJ Cook's name. Yes, the debut so. of JJ. Mm-hmm. Um, she so it looks like a little baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, we have the guest star Lucas Haas back as the footpath killer. Uh, the second episode picks up right where the first one left off with the footpath killer holding a shotgun to Gideon and uh, making him throw his gun away. Uh, he then brings Gideon into the back of the convenience store, I guess. It's not entirely clear if it's like part of a house. Yeah, yeah, it's unclear. Um, something that was also unclear, why there was that weird yellow filter over everything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hate <laughs> those types of filters. Like in Twilight, everything was blue. I hate yes, that. It but it's so it. noticeable, especially on the highlights of their face, like where the highlights of their faces mm-hmm. are. It's just pure yellow. And you're like, this was a mistake. <laughs> um, it was. And um, once they get into the back, the footpath killer asks him who he is. And Gideon tells him he's an FBI agent. So he asks for his wallet and confirms that he is an FBI agent. And he asks Gideon, what do you know? And Gideon said, about you or about the people you've murdered. And Gideon says, I know a lot about you, how you do it, and that you can't stop. And he tells the footpath killer that he knows why he stutters. So then it cuts back to the BAU. And Gideon (laughs) is talking to a couple nameless agents who we never see again. It, it, It seems almost like... The way, like, my grandpa, he fought in World War II, the way he would sit around the living room after, like, Thanksgiving dinner and, like, regale the grandchildren with tales of war. (laughs) Yes. That transition, like, how his face went stark from, like, being held captive and then his face in the exact same position talking to them (laughs) is just like, oh, what a transition. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Um, So he's telling that story to those agents and... Um, L walks in and Gideon kind of shuts it down and is like, all right, that's that's enough story time for today. Right? Uh, <laughs> uh, so L asks Gideon why the footpath killer stutter. And Gideon tells her, you know, you're on the way to becoming part of the BAU. You tell me. And she doesn't know yet. So then it cuts to L walking to the cubicle area outside of those um, main bigger offices that Hotch and Gideon have. And Morgan and Reed are talking. Morgan or Reed is playing ch- himself in chess and talking <laughs> about how Gideon always beats him. And um, Elle asks them if they know why the footpath killer stud- stutters. And they both say, Gideon will never say why. And then that's when we meet JJ. She comes in, introduces herself. She's so young. Yeah. <laughs> I should have looked up how old she was in this it's episode. It's crazy because she looks. Like, she looks like a baby, but she also looks older than she looks later, like, in the season, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. she seems more authoritative in this first episode, and then she's more not later on. Yeah. Like, um, she holds a certain authority in this episode where she's more, like, chill after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, she comes in, like, guns blazing, mm-hmm. and um, really showing her stuff mm-hmm. um and she introduces herself to um l but everyone else kind of like she, she doesn't introduce herself to hot or to morgan reed so it's unclear if they already know her if she's been around yeah but, um i feel like it was like a oh she just wasn't at the office for the first case and now she's here yeah <laughs> um 
And then it shows JJ and Hotch presenting a case at the round table, which obviously becomes iconic. Um, I don't think they even call it the round table yet. Um, but that's where they are. And it sh- she shows them a video, the whole team, a video of two college students in a dorm room. And um, Liquid starts coming in underneath their door and they go to kind of investigate and they see their the door handle move and they're like oh someone's trying to get in then they realize that what's coming in under the door is gasoline and a student is quickly engulfed in flames um as it catches fire and the other tries to put him out (laughs) so tvtropes.org said that he was um too dumb to live which is honestly mean and i disagree like it was gasoline what was he supposed to do? Like, I mean, obviously, stop, drop, and roll. People never do that in TV, and it drives me insane. But, like, at some point, there's too much gasoline. You can't roll and, that out. Yeah. And it, dorm rooms aren't, like, there's not a lot of space. And especially yeah. on the third floor, like, he couldn't, oh, yeah, they're on the third floor. So he can't just, like, jump out. Um, TV yeah. Tropes also said that the arsonist had a stutter, which is just not true. So <laughs> they have some good information, but some of it, I don't. It's not good. No, a little bit of a mix-up there. <laughs> but we are crediting our sources. <laughs> um, it then cuts the title sequence, which we finally have. Um, so we've got the whole cast in there. And then it goes to them on the plane. And Reed gives his arsonist statistic, which is that 82% are white males between the ages of 17 and 27. And that females, in foreshadowing, are far less likely to be arsonists. Um, And when they are, their motive is typically revenge. Morgan says it seems like it would be a student, but Gideon cautions him against relying on the precedents of traditional arsonist profiles. Um, They arrive on campus and they take off their badges and try to look less official, as Gideon instructs (laughs) them, so they don't satisfy... Yeah, um, they all look like cops. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the glasses, especially, they're all wearing the, black suits with black glasses. So I some yeah. type of aviator. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I went to the dentist last week, and they gave me glasses <laughs> to put on because you know the dentist has the light on his top top of his head. I'm like, these are cop glasses that every cop has. He's like, yeah. <laughs> um, you guys know the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're trying not to satisfy the unsub's need for attention. Um, they find out that from the dean that chemicals had been stolen the night previous from a chem lab. And, um, they note that the last time supplies were found missing, um, they only had 24 hours before the next fire. Um, the dean was played by J. Karen Thomas and she's actually passed away. Oh, she's yeah. young. In like 2015. I didn't. I didn't look at the cause because that's not my business. But she passed. Oh, that's too bad. And um, the head of security for the <laughs> for the college is played by the dad on Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, why is he so familiar? And then I just tapping away on IMDb, and I was like, oh my god. And it's now like- I really want to rewatch that movie. Yeah, it's like the most fun part of going back and rewatching shows is seeing all the guest stars, you know, from other stuff. I love that. Yes. Um, and so, let's see. So Reed and Hotch go to the dorm room from the fire video, and they realize that there's something wrong with a traditional arsonist profile, like Gideon had cautioned against, because uh, serial arsonists wouldn't just set a fire and walk away. And not be able to watch or even listen to the people screaming for help because, you know, he can't just stand outside the room. Uh, So it kind of shows the first signs that they're not dealing with a traditional arsonist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're continuing to work with people from the college, the dean especially, trying to figure out a motive. They eliminate vandalism and uh, political means as a reason um and morgan wonders why an arsonist would start on the third floor where it's not only harder for them to escape but also harder to watch and um 
Elle and Reed talk about the chemical accelerant that's used and suggest maybe it could be someone who's a chem student. Reed suggests a chem professor, but Elle said a professor would have too much confidence to fit the profile of an arsonist. (laughs) She then goes on to describe some of the traits that the arsonist would have, which seem very much to describe Reed. And then she goes, oh, and he's a total psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically that he doesn't go out and have friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he's a huge nerd. (laughs) It's same, Reed. It's okay. (laughs) Um, and then it cuts to Gideon, who is watching a kid light a cigarette and then has some weird <laughs> flashback. It's not. It's, it's the Raven Simone vision. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm calling it that. It's what it is. He gets that look in his eye and then he sees mm-hmm. things like, <laughs> and I don't know if it's supposed to be Boston. The cuts were irrelevant to the situation. Like, and they're never was- talked about. No. They were so... It was just like, look at these fast flashes of things that have nothing to do with the current situation. Like, yeah. yes, there is some allusion towards fire, but it, it just doesn't fit, and it's hilarious to me. Yeah. It, I was like, I don't know what the point of that was, but <laughs> he has some flashback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess they wanted just to keep the PTSD thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he... Here's a girl trying to get a drink from a water fountain and she's mm-hmm. pushing on the you know that bar across the mm-hmm. front and no water's coming out and he realizes he goes over and realizes the water's turned off has more flashbacks mm-hmm. that this one kind of looks more like a war than, right yeah it was odd mm-hmm. um i don't know but he pulls the fire alarm and starts evacuating people frantically from the building realizing that the arsonist is going to strike again. That's why the water's turned off. Um, then we see a professor walking into his office. He turns on the light, and a light bulb explodes in his face. Mm-hmm. So Gideon runs into the office with a fire extinguisher that he grabs from the wall, and the office is completely engulfed in flames at this point. And, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Derek running towards the office... Uh, towards the building he looks like such a track star like it is so very i belong in shorts and not this damn suit like (laughs) he is he's pumping it was very athletic yes (laughs) yeah um so he's squirting the fire this like a full office is engulfed in flames like floor to ceiling crazy And he's there with a little fire extinguisher just doing his best. (laughs) Um, But the professor is shown kind of like collapsed on top of the desk, clearly dead. Mm -hmm. Um, So Morgan runs in and literally carries Gideon out after he sprints across campus, of course. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Gideon's Mm -hmm. screaming, you get off me, get off me when they get outside. But Morgan holds him back, tells him, let it go. Mm -hmm. He's already dead. Mm -hmm. Um, So chaos continues to unfold as people evacuate buildings and the air fills with smoke, and Hotch instructs L to photograph the crowd because he says the unsub is likely to be watching. Mm-hmm. So classic. <laughs> the camera is so cute. It's <laughs> That's like the camera you get in middle school to take mm-hmm. pictures with. Like, like a that point is and my, shoot? Yes, that is my eighth grade dance camera. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not it a police person's camera. <laughs> Something tells me they have a private jet. They have a bigger budget for cameras. <laughs> it was just, it was really funny to me. Yeah. Um, so Gideon asks the dean how long it will take to evacuate the campus. And she says it's a campus of 10,000 students. And Elle points out that evacuating might accelerate the unsub's timeline if they're trying to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. And then it shows a student coming into the dean's office and telling her that he knows how the unsub did it. And then we don't really get anything. That's just kind of like a teaser. Yes. Um, then it cuts back to the the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going over the photos that Elle took and says, you know, everyone looks horrified. No one looks like they're enjoying it in the least, which, thank God, there's only one <laughs> psychopath on that campus. Um L says that fire starting is one third of the homicidal triad and that the unsub's childhood would likely include bedwetting and cruelty to animals as well. 
Hotch realizes they're off the mark as the traditional profile of an arsonist isn't lining up with the fires that are being set on campus. So then it cuts to Gideon walking on campus in the evening. And it's um, campus patrol, which is just like <laughs> some nerd. Um, that so. I have I have thoughts about this. I have so many thoughts about this. They've got a man on a bike in shorts patrolling around this university with what authority? I'm sorry. <laughs> what is this man going to do with his bike and his helmet <laughs> that has like blinkers on it? Who's he patrolling? What authority does this man have? <laughs> just the authority of just being a nerd. <laughs> like, he's he's there to write things down and call it in. Like, can we yeah. have some sort of moderately armed individual? Like, I'm not talking guns, but at least a stick. Can we give him a stick? And, like, someone who seems to at least have been trained in some capacity. Like, this is clearly just a student who is campus patrol. And... um. So he asks Gideon for his ID, which I don't know why mm-hmm. I found that so funny, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did. So, <laughs> Hey, Mr. The, FBI man, give this yeah. man on a bicycle your identification. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't imagine being like, um, ID, please, sir. And then he hands me his FBI ID, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, you should be asking me for my ID. <laughs> like, you're clearly in charge here. <laughs> uh, one thing I think it was in the scene previous because I have this note but there's one point when Derek has a lighter and he just flicks it on and I'm like yep the drama <laughs> it's, and it's the scene from the title sequence the, yes, the only the thing flame. I wrote is the fucking lighter <laughs> he no why does he have it there's no indication that he's a smoker just like, he just whips ah, out a lighter yeah <laughs> Like, look at this lighter I have. We're working on a case of arsonists. Yeah, fire, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so odd. Um, and so, well, when Gideon shows his ID, the kid somehow knows about the BAU and understands what profiling <laughs> wrote, is. Which, like, I wrote that down too. Yeah, I mean, unless you watch Criminal Minds, no one knows what the BAU is. That's exactly what I wrote. I was like, how do you know what a profile is? Do you also have a show about it? <laughs> seriously uh, also so then Gideon profiles like the hell out of this kid to prove that profiling's legit and apparently we find out Gideon can read Mandarin because the kid yeah. has, a, has a necklace on that says I don't remember forever or uh, something yeah wow definitely should have wrote that down it's like um, forever companion or something like that yeah. That's a fact we um, should have. It's fine. <laughs> I don't write the profiles down when I lead episodes, so it's fine. <laughs> um, the kid's stunned. for so, You know, just really blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it cuts to Hotch and Reed going to talk to the chem kids, one of which is the one who had told the dean that he knows how it was done. Um, Hotch asks Reed to do the talking since he's closer to their age, and he is predictably awkward as hell <laughs> um it's truly painful <laughs> okay so hot and reed go to talk to the chem kids and hot asks reed to do the talking since he's closer to the age and reed is predictably so awkward <laughs> it is just wildly uncomfortable like it's part of the bau which is part of the critical incident response team which is part of the national something something for you know and <laughs> just and hot just like the love that yeah so Hotch takes over. <laughs> uh, and he asks the students basically, like, how can you help us? And the kid from the dean's office from earlier shows them how the light bulb was filled with, like, explosives, like, like a powder that would explode. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry, this quote, they're talking about it's like, Everyone knows it's not easy to find this information, and this girl, Clara, says, This stuff's all over the net. <laughs> she calls the internet the net, which is. That tickled me. It really did. So the awful. net. <laughs> and then. Stuff's all over the net. The guy, who, when he's like, What do you think? He's like, I think. And he holds the light bulb to his forehead, oh and I'm like, Brava, beautiful. <laughs> 10 out of 10, no notes. <laughs> no notes oh my god <sighs> so then they go for the very basic way to create an incendiary device and the three ingredients that go into it um, sure. 
We then sugar. see sugar. sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get Garcia and JJ together in Garcia's lair, which mm-hmm. made me happy just knowing, you know, they spent a lot of time together in there on later yeah. seasons. Penelope um, is much and- more herself in this episode. Like, yep. we're getting into that Penelope style. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays JJ a creepy as hell message from the tip line. Yeah. Um, so they say <laughs> that the person is saying, I do this for Karen. That person said, Kira, I don't care what you tell me. Well, no way did they say Karen. <laughs> and I heard Kara. I, like, I didn't hear Karen. I didn't hear an N. I heard Kira. I do this for Kira. Like, and yeah, I get where I get it. Like, you know, in the end, I get it. But it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like Karen in any way no. at all. I don't think it does either. Um, But the voice is very distorted. It kind of reminded me of like almost anonymous videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, But like you said, the voice is Kara. Karen, Kieran, mm-hmm. Kira, Kieran. I do this for Kara. <laughs> um, so Gideon has Morgan play it for him repeatedly, mm-hmm. over and over and over. Again, mm-hmm. play it again. One of the <laughs> notes I have for this area <laughs> of the show is just chest hair. Because boy howdy, did Gideon unsnap <laughs> one of those buttons for this episode. <laughs> Like, he uh, is rocking a deep V in that button up. Like, he said, he's feeling I'm it. showing the forest today. You're gonna see it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that makes me want to go back and look at it. <laughs> it's some thick, luxurious chest hair. Um, he asks, he says there's something about it. And so he asks Garcia to clean up the audio. And get as close to the original voice as possible. I truly, I guess I don't know enough about audio to tell you if this is a thing that can actually be done or not. It feels far-fetched to me. Not that you can't, (laughs) like, maybe undo a distortion to try to get it back closer to the original voice, but I don't know. You'll learn audio engineer for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, TBD. I will let you know (laughs) that I can find out from GarageBand. (laughs) Um, so, and then we get the first, that's my girl, from Morgan to Garcia. Ugh, I just mm-hmm. love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then the dean gives him a list of women on campus named Karen. And then I wrote, <laughs> I hear Kara, but alas. <laughs> um, a bunch of students are packing up and leaving campus, and Reed asks, you know, what if our unsub is leaving? And Gideon said, no, he's not finished yet. And tells them that they have to think outside of the box and get creative hmm. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then it cuts to Ellen Morgan interviewing all the Karens of campus. They just finished with Karen number seven. Uh, mm-hmm. They talk about the stutter thing again and how they don't know what causes one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then call in Karen number eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really know what, like, I think actually they make this point. Like, what are you going to get out of talking to Karen? Like, hey, have you ever dated a homicidal maniac who loves Yeah, fire? that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know. So, like, again, I feel like you could post something, like, around the halls. Is like, if your name's Karen and you've got someone freaky in your past, please come to the dean's <laughs> office. Like, you didn't have to ask every Karen. If a Karen knew, she was probably going to let you know. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like there would have been uh, multiple red flags. <laughs> right? Like, mm, maybe I should tell someone. <laughs> um, so then it shows Gideon exploring the halls of, I guess, the science building. Um, he's reading, I think, about the free body problem mm-hmm. when he's startled by the campus patrol nerd again. Um, he checks in about the guy, kid's girlfriend who had given him that necklace with the mandarin on it and how... He could tell they had been he'd been kind of uncertain about the relationship. So he asks about it and Gideon says he broke up with her and because he wants to date someone else. And Gideon says, um, what's her name? And he says, Brian. Gideon said, uh, that's a good reason. How did she take mm-hmm. it? And the kid says that, you know, she went off, told him homosexuality was a sin. and He was going to incur the wrath of God. And that's when you see something click for Gideon. 
So the he Raven runs Simone vision moment. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> um, he's really nailed the dramatic face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so then Gideon runs into the room just as Morgan is hanging up with Garcia, who said the audio doesn't say Karen. It says something more like Caron. Uh, Gideon has come to the same conclusion somehow and says it's Hebrew. Um, they all point out how it's a religious uh, thing. So they all point out how fire it, is common in religion. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all brainstorming and Gideon says he shouldn't rush to conclusions because religion could be part of it, but it could be a compulsion. Mm-hmm. And that's when something clicks for Reed. It's a Reed Simone moment. Um, <laughs> So he goes back to watch the video from of the two guys in the dorm room, and he watches and rewatches, pauses it, and zooms in on the doorknob. Which somehow, the more he zooms in on the doorknob, the clearer the video quality gets. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. It's not even the same door handle. No. Like it does not look the same at all. Especially because I'm pretty sure the. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure the door handle they show turning does not have a lock on it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just one of those bare door handles. Yeah. Because, like, a lock, you're going to see a lock on the side. And I'm pretty sure it was, like, flat. Oh, my God. Like, one of those, maybe those, like, push the door handles where you, like, push it in and turn it and it mm-hmm. locks. But that seems a little uh, low quality for a dorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, 2000s. <laughs> um, so as he zooms in on the doorknob, he realizes the person jiggles the doorknob three times um, and he says he realized that the fires have been task focused and that the unsub has extreme OCD and they do everything in threes. Gideon at this point looks like he's ready to quit. He's got he's like <laughs> he looks stressed, like head in his hands. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. He's like, that's enough. He just says, What's the behavioral evidence? <laughs> <laughs> over it. <laughs> so funny. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I just wasn't typing fast enough or if I was just getting lost, but the fir- I think I think I have them. But the first fire was set March 3rd at 3 p.m., so 3-3-3, mm-hmm. uh, and that causes obsessive anxiety, that um, convergence of threes, that, like mm-hmm. a trilogy of threes causes this mm-hmm. anxiety. Um, and the professor was in Office 3, and the class was on Tuesday, the third day of the week. Um, so and I, it was Matthew's third class of yes, the day. Yes, yes. So and he was why. the victim from the third floor in the dorm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Hotch said he thinks he knows who it might be. And it's not a he, but a she. And mm-hmm. that's when we go back to Clara, the uh, young woman from the chemistry class sure. that helped them. Um, she, and Hotch points out that while she was sitting in that room she was turning her ring in intervals of three and when she counted off the three ingredients for the incendiary device she repeated sugar three times you know once she started she just couldn't stop mm-hmm. so i think reed called it palilia yes i think yeah yep the repetition uh, of a word or something like that mm-hmm. so i think that's where the tv tropes are saying like she has a stutter but it's not a stutter mm. um so, Morgan and Elle go to Claire's or Clara's off-campus apartment, and it is just next-level horrifying. Like, good God. It, the walls are covered in, like, scary religious texts and writing and photos and just... And, oh my God, I think you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Morgan going, OCD, I'm thinking more like OMG. <laughs> L not knowing what OMG means. Like, it's 2000 and what, four, five people know what OMG means? <laughs> oh my god. He has to explain, oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> just. <laughs> so, uh, they look a little bit more into Clara, and Hotch finds out that she survived a terrible house fire when she was younger. And the house number was 333. Her family mm-hmm. believes God tested her with fire and she survived. Um, at Back at the apartment, Morgan and Elle find over 30 homemade bombs. And Gideon sends the university staff to clear all the buildings and pull every single fire alarm on campus. Did you notice the guy who was waving everyone out of the room? <laughs> when he sends all of the campus police off, there's just one guy waving everyone out of the room as if he has some role of authority. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he like talks into his thing and I'm just like, you put a little more effort into it, didn't you? Did they tell you to do that? Are you the one uh, in charge? He's just really <laughs> trying to get on the BAU, just like L. <laughs> uh, and let's see. So the nerdy chem kid um, shows him getting who the one who is offered to help. I keep calling everyone nerdy, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being a nerd. They're all much smarter than me if they're chem majors in college. <laughs> so just throwing that out there to any of you chem people. Um, <laughs> um, so the chem kid who had helped them from the get-go gets on the elevator with two other people, two other students, and um, it cuts to someone turning the key and the elevator shuts off. And... and <laughs> uh-oh... <laughs> Um, the the soul lighter, yeah, <laughs> the, the lighter flick when like, it's not. <laughs> it's dark except for the light of my flame, <laughs> my single little flame. <laughs> um, so I think it was Gideon. Um, want or somebody wants them to make sure all the elevators are clear, and they said, "Well, none of the elevators are in service," and um. But it shows that three kids are stuck in the elevator <laughs> and the emergency call button isn't working and they're stuck on floor three. Then they hear the fire alarm go off and they realize they're in trouble. So Hopsh and Reed are, for some reason, educating Giddy on OCD as if he doesn't know what OCD is. <laughs> like, well, here's the thing that upset me about this part is that they don't make enough effort to assert that not everyone with OCD is a murderer. Yeah. Because it's very like, they can't help it. It's a compulsion. And it's like, okay, but can we just maybe talk about the fact that most people with OCD aren't murderers yeah. um, and compelled to kill people? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the compulsions are made. Yeah. Are genuinely much not- more like self-destructive than other yeah. people destructive. Like, we need to account for the fact that some people will take this and just see OCD people as, like, oh my gosh, they're murderers, or, like, like demonize people with OCD, and we don't want that. No. So, like, we are correcting what they did not state. Yes, there's uh, many, many, many folks who out or suffer out there from OCD, and um, they are not murderers, because they're just mm-hmm. normal people who have <laughs> OCD. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it's tough for them but they aren't out there setting people on fire exactly <laughs> um and let's see so as they're talking about it hotch says to gideon don't try to convince her to stop because she won't be able to mm-hmm. um so they cut back to the elevator where the trying the kids are trying to pull the elevator doors open clara shows up and pulls them a little bit further open says so she- she's there to save them but like she says a real creepy like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm there to save you. Um mm-hmm. they ask her if the building's on fire and she says, Not yet. And they're like, <laughs> Oh shit. Smack <laughs> it. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she tells them again she's there to save them and that God chose them because there are three people on the third floor. I don't know what the other three is. Um, but mm. m- maybe it was Tuesday or it was <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, unclear. Yeah. But she pulls out three flammable liquids, says mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, before spraying them into the elevator. Close your goddamn mouth. Close uh, your mouth. What are you I, doing with your mouth open like that? Somebody's spraying you and you got your mouth open. You want to you want to ingest <laughs> that? You want to ingest whatever the person setting people on fire is spraying at you? And what world is someone spraying something at you and you open your mouth to scream? I What's going on here? I've got so many. Why is it like that in every... I'm angry. I'm angry. (laughs) I had the same exact thought. I'm like, what are you doing? Turn away. They're all like sitting there like they're trying to like catch rain in their mouths. wide open. Like, oh my God, it's sugar. Like, yeah. (laughs) I was like, close your mouths. Turn around. Are you nuts? (laughs) Um, She then pulls out... I don't quite know what it is. I think it's a road flare. Oh, I wrote Mm -hmm. some fire stick. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. I couldn't tell what it was. Um, Both answers are yes. (laughs) uh, So Hotch remembers that that chemistry kid said that you need a key to get elevators running after 10 p.m. and that he has one. And that's when Reed realizes the third floor of the science building is under construction. 
So Hotch manages to show up just before she lights the elevator on fire. And he tells her that she knows it's not rational and tells her to resist. She says she can't. And Hotch pulls out his, <laughs> I wrote fun instead of gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shoot you with this fun. <laughs> <laughs> but he does what we always wish cops would do if they're going to yes. shoot someone and shoots them in the leg. Um mm-hmm. He then stomps the light out before it can roll okay. into the elevator. He was too far away for that to happen. And it's something I've noticed since the day I first saw that episode that would have rolled into the elevator before he got to it. And I thought, like, it shows Gideon showing up the other end of the, like, hall. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it must have been Gideon because Hotch was way too far away <laughs> to get it. But no, it's supposed to be Hotch. <laughs> he took, like, five giant steps and, like... <laughs> Put it out with his toe like Sandy from Greece. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Sandy from Greece. <laughs> it was. Oh my god. <laughs> Tell me about it, stud. <laughs> um, so then Gideon said, thought you told me not to reason with her. But, you know, I think when you co- comes down to it, none of them wanted to shoot this girl who was clearly mentally ill. And, you know, even though she was doing mm-hmm. a terrible thing, she needed help. She didn't need to be murdered by the cops. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, so then it goes back to the plane and Elle tells Gideon she figured out the stutter. She mm-hmm. says she realizes Gideon was just trying to stall the footpath killer and that he doesn't know why he stuttered because nobody knows why people stutters. She asks Gideon what really happened in the convenience store. And Gideon says he'll tell her what he does know about stutters. He knows how to provoke one. So then it cuts back to Gideon held at gunpoint by the footpath killer. And Gideon is looking around his layer of photos of presumably victims and said, we only mm-hmm. found six. And the footpath killer said, you impressed? And Gideon said, yeah, I didn't know you could count. Her profile said you'd be <laughs> stupid. <laughs> that you'd be a chronic bedwetter. So he just goes full roast mode. Mm-hmm. And the footpath killer stutter gets worse as he gets more angry. And Gideon continues to insult him and starts laughing at the stutter, which makes me feel bad for people with a stutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I always like, I'm like, oh, but he's a murderer. Oh, but he's yeah. a murderer. <laughs> it's like, it's okay if you have a stutter. People understand. It happens. Um, yeah. And as we know now from this episode, there's not even any reason behind it. It's just a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I fact-checked that. Not because I didn't think it was true. I just wanted to make sure that in the, what, 16 years <laughs> since this episode premiered that something hadn't changed. Yeah. Um. um Gideon tells him just to to just spit it out, and then somehow, I don't really know, it's not like the footpath killer puts his gun down or anything, but... He barely, he makes like a slight adjustment in how he's holding the gun, and then Gideon sees that opportunity to like... Yeah, try to wrestle him, basically, and get the upper hand, which Mm -hmm. he does. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it comes back to Gideon and Reed playing chess... And Reed says throughout the episode, you know, that it started with chess. That was what that thinking out of the box thing was because Morgan mm-hmm. tells Reed that he needs to think out of the box to beat Gideon in chess. And so Reed thinks he's got it. He says, check in three. Gideon makes one move and says, checkmate. But don't worry, you're getting there. <laughs> um, um, every time they said out of the box, all I could think of was the kid's out show. Out of the box. Out of the box. Out of the box. Out of the box. Um, and the final quote of the episode is read by Gideon, who I think read them all in the first one, too. So I wonder if that was going to be, like, a thing, and then they ended up changing Mm -hmm. it. But he said, Einstein once said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. Which I guess plays back into their chess game. Yeah. So, um, and though woman who played Clara was played by an actress named Jennifer Hall and as we said before Lucas Haas was back as a footpath killer and he never like as an unsub gets a real name he's just only ever Mm-mm. referred to as footpath killer mm-hmm. so that's episode two episode two um what a fun one not not a skip for me is it a skip for you no um I generally I don't like fire because that's when i was in the first grade (laughs) um it's like a therapy session um my first grade teacher mrs nowicki 
her house burned down one night and she didn't know what to do the next morning so she just came to work and she was like covered in soot and it was like i you know you're how old are you in first grade six seven years old so it's Mm -hmm. like the first time i realized that that was something that could happen like had never occurred to my little brain before that that like Mm -hmm. your house could burn down so i've always Mm -hmm. had a bit of a fear of fire My thing is drowning. I can't, ooh, ooh, I can't. It just, like, it gets me. Those ep- The episodes when they're, like, I'm, like, that's mm-hmm. it terrifies me. Like, I'm not scared of water, mm-hmm. but the thought of drowning is terrifying. Yeah, it seems like a pretty terrible way to go. <laughs> yes. Um, so the references that were made in this episode include David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, and the... I don't want to say greatest name that I've ever heard because this person is a serial arsonist and killed people, but by God, the name Bruce George Peter Lee is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Why do you have so many first names? Bruce George Peter Lee. <laughs> his parents just couldn't decide. <laughs> I like they, I think his name is like Dillingsley or something in the episode. They like mm-hmm. shorten it, and it's probably because no one can say that with a straight face. <laughs> Bruce George Peter Lee. <laughs> He was a serial arsonist. Um, but as you said, this is the debut of JJ, Jennifer Giroux, the um, communications liaison. Um, <laughs> uh, when Gideon was in his chair telling them about the story, like the agents, he had some weird thing in his hand that wasn't quite dice, mm-hmm. but wasn't quite a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> it was just a block that had colors on the side of it just like (laughs) and then he a pre-fidget spinner fidget toy right like and it had like when you looked at it it kind of looked like it had stair steps in one side it's an anomaly Hmm. um um they mentioned the movie backdraft at one point um because all the people calling in are like it's a firefighter (laughs) yeah well there is that one actual thing that happened in california where there's the arsons that were done by an arson inspector yes i think there's an episode of forensic files about it oh i thought you were gonna say my favorite murder (laughs) oh yes them too they had they had somebody write in but that was a part of a whole shenanigan we won't get in we won't get into um so I never realized when the footpath killer was saying, like, take the camera. I didn't realize he was telling Gideon that because he wanted Gideon to take a picture of himself before the guy shot him because that was part of his ritual. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Spooky. I, I, yeah. I kind of sleuthed that out on one of the Criminal Minds wikis. Um, and also when we were watching the episode, one of the Polaroids said sleepin'. It was spelled S-L-E-E-P-E-N. Like, he wrote as if the person he had murdered was sleeping. Um. Oh, God. (laughs) Maybe the profile wasn't so far off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, um, of course, the very loud, come on, by Gideon when he finally wrestles the gun away from him. Um, I also found that when they were talking about Charon and like all the religious connotations and stuff they also mentioned that it's the only moon of pluto but Mm -hmm. since the episode was written four more of pluto's moons have been discovered two of which were discovered in the summer of 2005 before the show premiered but likely after it's already written and filmed huh well look at you that's interesting information that i would not have thought to research (laughs) poor pluto always getting the shaft Poor guy. I just can't get over the, the, the patrol, in in heavy quotes, patrol officer on the bike with his cute little bike helmet and, like, I don't know, a pad of pen and paper to write out citations. It's like, <laughs> you should be inside, mister. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not going to get my patrol badge. <laughs> well, I hope Uh-oh. he's happy with Brian. Right? I hope they're doing great. Yeah. I'm sure. That's, like, one thing about Criminal Minds is some of the episodes stick with you where you're like, I wonder what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't exist outside of this world, but, like, I wonder how it's going. Mm-hmm. You know, just want an update. Like, uh, those reality TV shows where it's, like, three months later. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just want one of those. <laughs> um, The woman who played Clara, 
this isn't. I thought at one point when she's um, like kneeling on the floor, looking over them in the elevator, she looks so much. Do you ever like? Do you ever watch Arrested Development? Uh, kind of. Oh, Are looks, you talking about the mom? No, she looks like Anne, who dates George Michael. Um, oh. The nameless, <laughs> no. faceless Anne, who <laughs> Michael Bluth is like, she, she's as plain as a nose on it, or she's as Anne as the nose on Plain's face. <laughs> like, they, and no one can ever remember her name, and they're all, she's like, her? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, what I was thinking when I was watching it is that she could play a really, she could have played young Jane from the um oh what is his name the arc uh gideon's big arc with jane oh and, yes mm-hmm. um i don't remember his name me neither but For, the george george frank yeah the diner frank, frank frank it was definitely frank um but yeah i thought she could have played a really good young jane they kind of have the same face yeah yeah oh that's a good episode Oh, such an episode, and we're gonna get to it. <laughs> um, yeah, this episode is definitely not a skip for me. Um, also, I don't think we've heard Derek say "baby girl" yet. He said "girl," but did he say "baby girl"? I don't think so. No. Yeah, he said and like. I so think, we're still waiting for that. Yeah, he's called her definitely like some pet names that, mm-hmm. like, n- aren't. I don't want to say like they're not work appropriate because if they're both okay with it, then I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but like aren't traditionally work mm-hmm. nicknames yeah. for your colleagues. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like they're getting there, but we haven't gotten a full baby girl yet. And no, I think Hotch was a bit more serious in this one than the last. He definitely was. And something that I couldn't stop paying attention to, which is like really minimal, but really got me was the haircut on Hotch and how um, (laughs) specifically the bottom of his hairline and the fact that it's grown out and not like um, stacked. It's not like faded in the back. Yeah. And I don't know why every time he turned around, it gave me the giggles. But just seeing that little hoop of hair just like cuffing the back of his neck, I was just like, they don't do that anymore. (laughs) And something about it, the haircut, like it was really fluffy kind of on top. It made him look really young it looked wig like yeah i wonder if he was like filming something else maybe because the back of the hair was just (laughs) left something to be desired (laughs) yes uh, it did kind of look like a wig now that i'm thinking about it i mean just the back is it stuck in my brain of just like the back not being faded yeah (laughs) like obviously not faded to the skin like but most people have (laughs) they don't have their hair like curling at the base of (laughs) their hairline (laughs) no i don't know it just gave me the not that there's anything wrong with that it just gave me the giggles yeah it felt outdated yeah for sure but yep i feel like they kind of People, I mean, JJ, it's her first episode, and we didn't honestly see all that much of her. Um, But for the most part, I think people are kind of starting to come into their own, although it is funny to see, like, Reed now, compared to how I know Mm -hmm. he is in later seasons, when he's, like, a lot more confident, a little bit more suave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm So, um, but overall, we're starting to see. Also, I just, I need to address this my biggest um scandal as a criminal minds fan is that for a long time i didn't rewatch the first couple seasons because i was bitter against manny patinkin because after he left he kind of trashed the show um yes yes and so uh, for a long time i didn't go back and rewatch it but then during quarantine i discovered manny patink tock which is manny patinkin's tiktok and it is yes just the most beautiful, wholesome, wonderful thing. And I, I highly recommend it. watching it. It's him and his wife, who they clearly adore each other. And they're usually oh filmed God. by his son, who I believe is named Gideon. Um, no way. Yeah, but his son is older than the show. So, he, yeah, that one. Yeah, he has That's a son so named Gideon. That's so cute. Yeah. Aww, they, he definitely named the character after him then. They must have. Not a coinky dink. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's just so wholesome and he's just Mm -hmm. a very 
his criticism of the show when he left was basically like it was just consistent like it made it hurt his soul because it was just like consistent mm-hmm. mistreatment of women he knew it was going to be so violent blah blah yeah and he then said it was too gory yeah um so i was kind of like you know don't do that don't like if you want to leave that's fine but then to, he kind of went on to like not he said it was like the biggest regret of his career which feels dramatic um, and then even more dramatic is the fact that he went from this gory show to Homeland. Yep. Sir. Sir. Go back to the me. Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Homeland yeah. after this and you. Okay. So, yeah. No, that's fine. But as a human being, he's redeemed himself with the most wholesome yes. TikTok of all time. <laughs> I love when he sings to his, like, when he makes up songs, like, he, when he made up a song about his wife on the spot. It yeah. was so precious. Also, his dog and him that are just, like, the best of friends. Yes. It's very sweet. <laughs> so, Jason, um, I, you get a second chance from me. <laughs> I think after, you know, all the drama with Thomas Gibson came out, one of the things that happened had to do with Mandy Patinkin. So, I feel like that also had... um a part in him leaving and he just couldn't say it. Yeah. Um, because there was an altercation. Um, but we'll get into the Thomas Gibson drama when it's time to talk about it. <laughs> Never, because I pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm in denial <laughs> because Hoff raised me. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, we'll never talk about it because it didn't happen. No. Nope. Um, but yeah, that is episode two of season one of Criminal Minds. Compulsion. Um, compulsion. All right. Um, uh, so if you want to follow our socials, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at This Is Calm Pod. Um, you can email us at This Is Calm Podcast at gmail.com if you have any info about the show. If you have any fun facts if you met anyone that's been on the show if you know anyone who's worked on the show um any little tidbit you have we would love to hear them and talk about them on the podcast um don't forget to like and subscribe we are available um most places um, <laughs> so yeah i hope you enjoyed the episode and we will see you guys next week see you next week bye <laughs>